Welcome back to the First with First podcast. I'm uh, Alan Johnson, Director of Ministries here at First United Methodist Church in Marion, and I'm here with our pastor, James Bennington. And uh, we are continuing on. This is episode four of our first season of the podcast about the impending split and the divisiveness within the denomination, the United Methodist Church. And uh, we have been uh, addressing some of your questions that you submitted to us about what's coming. And, and I say addressing and not answering, as we've been careful to say, uh, as some of these questions, there just aren't any answers to yet. Uh, but we're also beginning to look at kind of beyond the divisiveness, beyond the questions and uh, what what unites us, what uh, is in what we have in common as believers, as Christians uh, moving forward in the church. So thank you for listening. Remember to share and like and uh, all those things. It would help us out a great deal to spread the word about the podcast. And uh, we'll get started with today's uh, today's question. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Alan. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the way you introduce that because you know we're gonna we're gonna deal with these questions these are questions that folks have and and right. it comes up um they're there uh, folks want to you know, have a response they'd like an answer but again careful with that because we respond to the question um and, but yet at the same time looking looking down the road uh going hey uh, what unites us what what allows us to say we're together and what what are the bonds that connect us more than the things that disconnect us? And so uh, I'm 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 looking forward to more of those more more of the discussions about what unites us. And I think really giving some attention and focus to that's going to help us deal with questions now and questions later and issues as they come up as we can you know really lean on the things that that make help us to know how 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 strong we are together rather than apart you know some of the some of the questions that have been posed and we want to look at those um and since there's there's some overlap with these we'll kind of Mm -hmm. take them in a bundle rather than you know one at a time necessarily and each of them having their own podcast but we'll kind of bundle them together and, and give a response to them um you know, one one question that that is there is uh, has been posed is, will we continue to be able to worship in our church after the split? Uh, another related to that is, how will we determine which branch of our local Marian church will align we will align with in the future? And then also related to that, if if is if our local, if our church congregation chooses to leave the United Methodist Church, what will happen to our church building? Right. Um, and so, instead of taking those kind of in a, you know, question one, question two, question three, just we'll just start kind of some conversation. Maybe you and I can have some dialogue back and forth, and in in the course of that, will be responses to those to those very things. Yeah, I think these questions kind of fall into a category of of some frequently asked questions. Yeah, uh, yeah. around this situation, you know, and on that, um, you know, uh, on our on the on the conference webpage, we're part mm-hmm. of Holston Conference. 
at the conference web page, which is Holston, uh, Holston.org. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really great web page with lots of information, uh, lots of resources that are available. Under that web page, and, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm not recalling the tab that you'd have to click on, but it's there, yeah. um, is a FAQ on all of this. And so there's some there's some good reading material there for folks that want to look and kind of see, oh, oh, here's a here's an answer to a question. And it might be something that uh, we've already addressed. It might be something that, that folks haven't thought of. It might be something that there's just a, a wish to, you know, hear a little more about that. And so the FAQ on Holston.org would help folks know a lot more. I mean, and it's, it's, Real, accurate, up to date, mm-hmm. solid info. Yeah, that's a, it is a good site. It may not be quite as good as MarianFUMC.org. No, no, that, that you know, but. all due respect to Holston.org. I mean, MarianFUMC.org <laughs> is a rocking and rolling website. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is good, and there's a lot of good uh, information there. The invite, I think, of the invitation team. There's a section on there about the invitation team. A lot of great. Uh, resources there for folks. And the invitation team is doing some great work in our mm-hmm. conference to help get us focused on mission, how uh, living into those things that unite us rather than divide us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, there's a there's a, a wonderful clip on there, I think, from, mm-hmm. from our invitation team, and it's worth checking out for sure at yes. marionfumc.org. Um. You know, some of the questions that really circulate around the the very likely split in the denomination is, well, what's what's going to happen to the building, and what's going to mm-hmm. happen to where we worship? I mean, um, like a lot of churches, but especially with First Marian, I mean, it has a, quite a long history mm-hmm. in Smith County. It's been a, a church that has been organized for easily over 100 years? Yes, uh, I, I should know that number. Uh, next year is 135 years at this address yes. here, here on Church Street. Yes, but the church uh, is the, actually... The church was here before then. The yeah. church is actually older than yes. that. Yes. And uh, lo- looking on very much on the young side of 102, 103, I think, you know, as, as, we, as I try to be cheeky and be tongue-in-cheek no but uh, but but the, but but here in this particular place uh, has been the place where so many have discovered uh, a relationship with the Lord Jesus they've lived out their faith they've come to Sunday school they've brought their kids here they've you know they've been baptized here they've been married here they've they've buried family here um there are folks that their their whole their life as a child, a teenager, mm-hmm. young adult, middle aged, older adult, and um, th- they're you know they've never known another church, just this church. And so, with a lot of folks having that connection to their congregation, to their local congregation, mm-hmm. there's obviously going to be questions around. Well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to the to the to the building? What's where are we going to worship? What are we going to do? And you know, some of that, well, not some of it, all of it, really depends on what is decided upon at general conference 
in uh, May of 2024. Um, we have not been able to gather as a general conference due to COVID, and uh, the ske next scheduled general conference will be 2024. That's when we'll be able to meet, meet in person from delegates all across the globe, and then some decisions can be made. And the decisions that will be made will depend on the legislation that comes before the general conference. Um, you know, it's not enough to say, well, there's just there's going to be there's going to be something before general conference that's going to make the split official. In the broadest, broadest, broadest sense of the word, yes. However, the specifics as to what that's going to mean, what's that going to look like, how's it going to affect property, what's it going to mean for clergy and their credentials, what's it going to mean for local churches going forward as they feel led in a discernment process in some way, those things are going to have some uh, fact or basis to them once legislation that will be voted upon is known. And that's that's going to be coming out in the not-too-distant future. Um, so, you know, a piece of legislation that maybe the majority of people might go, hey, you know, that would work, whether they're, whatever their viewpoint is on, on, on the issue of human sexuality. There might be a piece of legislation that uh, progressive, traditional, and centrist alike would be able to go, you know, that, I think that that's about as reasonable as we can get it uh, for this time. Mm -hmm. That might be the, the thing that gets a lot of momentum. Um, and in that legislation will be specifics um, and implications for here's what happens uh, when a, a, a decision is made. If a church wants to do X, this is what that means. If they want to do Y, this is what that might mean. If they want to do Z, this is what that will mean. And so they'll be able to, to have something to look at and go, oh, if we decide to do this, this is what that will mean. That... Th that legislation and what, what is passed and made basically church law will then be the basis by which, oh, if we decide to do fill in the blank, then that means this is where we'll worship, this is where we'll be, this is what will happen to the building, this is what will happen with the property, this is what we can look at, this is what we can anticipate. And I think all of that said helps people to think about, okay, this this is what I could feel good about doing. This is what I could this this is what I feel led to to be engaged in. And knowing what will happen, having some understanding of that will allow people to then I guess think more in an informed way, an educated way as to how they might vote, lean, decide, influence, try to be persuasive. So um, I know that's not a direct kind of like here's the objective answer, but a lot of these questions don't have objective kind of like, you know, 2 plus 2 is 4. Well, it's 4. There is no 4.1 or 
mm-hmm. 3.7 and a half. No, no. It, two plus two is four. It's not that, it's not objective like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a lot of kind of still wait and see. Uh, Very much so. What may be the case today may change in 2024 oh easily easily but you know some of some of the some of the things that are that are are present and out there right now um if a church you know the one 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 of the more one uh, the questions that we said we'd, we'd look at today if if our church congregation chooses to leave the united methodist church what will happen to the church building well i mean there is a process that a United Methodist Church can engage. It's called the process of disaffiliation. Um, it relates to paragraph 2553 in the Book of Discipline. And it is where a congregation says, due to the issue of human sexuality, we uh, are seeking to disaffiliate from the denomination. And it's and it's only... Around human sexuality, you can't say, "Well, you know, we we don't like this." You can't use paragraph twenty five fifty three mm-hmm. in another way. That's disingenuous. Um, before a church would want to enter a, a disaffiliation process, there would be a discernment that would go on, uh, a process of looking, thinking, praying, discussing, being informed. Having the district superintendent involved, um, folks having good, honest, challenging, maybe even heated conversation in order to think these things through. Mm-hmm. And if a church voted to disaffiliate um, and that vote went through, because they would choose, the, the, the congregation would have to vote to disaffiliate, then once that is ratified at Annual, at an annual conference, mm-hmm. um, then that church would no longer be a United Methodist congregation. And then that church can decide if they want to join another denomination, like the Free Methodist Church or the Wesleyan Church, um, or uh, they want to be an independent congregation and basically stand alone. <clears throat> Um, but at, but the disaffiliation process, at present, that's what a church can do. Right. So if a church disaffiliates and follows that process and that goes through, the building and and property remains theirs. Yes. On on so on that issue of human sexuality, the uh, understand that I may use the wrong language, but the trust clause is waived. Uh, in, in effect, as pertains to the the property, the building. Correct. Uh, uh, under paragraph twenty five right. twenty five fifty three, and that was a result of the specially called twenty nineteen mm-hmm. general conference, and so that's that's in there. Yes, the the trust clause doesn't have the the binding quality under that particular paragraph. Right. Twenty five fifty three. Right. So. Um, and so, you know, uh, if once that uh, disaffiliation process is concluded, the church then retains all its property and assets. But, but also, it's, I mean, they're not connected to any denomination unless they choose to align with another denomination. Right. Um, 
And on that note, I mean, there are churches in our conference that have engaged in the disaffiliation process and are, are going through that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just received word last week that there is a specially called uh, annual conference for April 23rd of 2023, where it's a, it's a one-agenda annual conference. And at that in that setting, we will then deal with the matter of disaffiliation. So churches that are choosing to disaffiliate have voted to do so and have met all the, the protocols and requirements. If, if it's ratified at, at that annual conference, then those churches will no longer be United Methodist congregations. Right. Um, trying, to, trying to be sure we touch on the, the matters that were uh, raised, the questions that were raised. Um, you know, oh, well, will we continue to be able to worship in our church after the split? Well, it kind of depends on what we decide. Sure. I mean, the, the thing about the thing about it, if if we decided to stay United Methodist, you know, we said, "Hey, that's our discernment. We stay United Methodist." You know, may not agree with everything, but ultimately, at the end of the day, that that's who we are. We're United Methodist, and that's our DNA. We don't have to vote. We we just keep we just keep going on. We just keep. Uh, going on and going on. I mean, we, we are who we are, and that's how we'll stay. And so there won't be a vote to stay United Methodist. Right, right. You know, we just, you know, we, stay, stay who we are and right. just keep doing what we're doing. Um, so, you know, we would continue to worship here if, if the congregation decided to stay United Methodist. So, you know, there's not a, you know, at one time I think I maybe alluded to that there would be a vote one way or the other. You have to vote somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the more conventional wisdom, and I think this is really sound, is that if, if you want to stay United Methodist, you don't have to vote to keep doing what you're already doing. Right, nothing's changing. Right. Kind of reminds me, I don't know if this bothers you if you're using GPS, and, and basically the GPS will tell you, not to turn uh, does it ever do that to you like i'll be going down the highway and it'd be like uh stay straight you know i'm like well yeah that's where i was going uh, why would i you know at, yeah the little blue line is going in that direction that's that's going to get me to my destination yeah. so why why are you telling me not to get off at this exit i yeah. know not to get off of that exit it's bizarre but that's kind of like well what, yeah what it reminds yeah. me of you know? yeah i mean yeah i, ne- I never thought about it like that continue. but that yeah it's like, uh, well, if if uh, if you if you don't want if you if you want to stay doing what you're doing, have a vote. Yeah, right. Well, what? You know why? Why would we do that? Yeah. I mean, we we are we are doing we're already doing what we're doing. You know, you get these letters in the mail sometime. If you know, maybe from a healthcare provider or or, or some group you're part of. If if you're satisfied with this, do nothing. <laughs> yeah. If you have a question or an issue, then here's what you need to do. You know, it's like, so you're you're sending me mail to encourage me to do nothing. Right. Uh huh. 
All right. <laughs> so you've just told me to do, to act, by not acting. What you've told me to do is not to act. Hmm. Yeah, so, so yeah, if we, if we said, you know, we're United Methodists, this is who we are, this is how we're going to be, this, is, this, is, this isn't our DNA, this is what we're about, then, then we, we would still, con- we'd just continue to be United Methodists. See if you're a United Methodist pastor, um, be in relationship to the United Methodist denomination, the conference, Holston Conference, the United Methodist Church, and we would continue in that direction. There wouldn't be any change to come uh, specifically to us. A church that chose to disaffiliate, well, they would have some things that they would need to tend to as part of that disaffiliation, um, part of that disaffiliation process. And I'm sure there's some, you know, there, there are financial things and there are legal things that would come mm-hmm. with that. That's just, that's just part of it, you know. Sure, and well, a lot of, you know, practical things, uh, the way, like with pastor, you know, you wouldn't be able to have a United Methodist pastor no. if you're not a United Methodist church. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of things uh, that would be affected. Um, yeah, you know, it would be a challenge if a church tote, I mean, I, I have a, a clergy colleague who his church voted to disaffiliate. He's not in favor of that. Mm-hmm. But but he said you know the congregation is choosing to do this right and he said so I you know I'll be pastor to them and be with them but there'll come a time when you know we'll have to part company because I'm staying UM right and they're not and so you know we have to part ways and and that is a real struggle that is going to become more and more sure. Um, you know, for clergy, for congregations, for uh, just just communities in general, they're going to struggle with just the reality that oh, we love Pastor So and So, but Pastor So and So, you know, church wants to stay UM. The pastor wants to join another denomination or say go Global Methodist, which is one of those options out there. Um, uh, or, or uh, you, you, you know, just may want to altogether just leave leave the parish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- those those are realities that come from when something breaks apart, disillusion. You know, I mean, you know, I think an apt illustration has been divorce. I mean, when two folks who are married get a divorce. Property doesn't stay the same. The relationships don't stay the same. The the connections that are had don't stay the same. I, I know when uh, some uh, some friends of mine got divorced. Um, you know the I've, I heard the joke for years, and then I lived it. It's like, well, I mean, they didn't have any children, so custody was not an issue. But it was they fought over the friends. You know, I was friends with both in the couple. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, which which one was I going to side with? And I, I, I tried to keep my 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 distance in that I didn't want to side. I didn't want to take sides. I mean, I yeah. I hated that they got divorced, but that that's what they chose to do. And um, but then it became this issue over, you know, who who's going to get 
this set of friends versus this set of friends and um, it, it becomes it becomes a struggle because you you end up either finding a way I mean I found a way and I guess being a, an itinerant where I was appointed you know I got appointed to a place that was at some distance so I didn't have a whole lot of proximity to either one. Mm. So it kind of made it easier on me, you know, emails and a phone call here and there made it made it pretty easy to to stay in touch and so I didn't have that proximity whereas folks that lived in town maybe had, you know, regularly hung out with them as a couple, all of a sudden, you know, that that was more of a struggle for them. So um but but that is a reality that comes from engaging in the process of of dissolving a marriage that you know friends are going to be affected when there are kids involved it affects children you know if there's property involved well you know you you, you bought a b and c together who gets a b and c mm-hmm. uh it i mean that that's a reality it's not a there's not any kind of judgment or opinion right. in that it's just it's just a reality if a husband and wife bought a house together well, they're not married anymore. Some some type of action slash arrangement slash resolution has to happen with that house. Either sell it and split uh, the proceeds, or one sells it to the other, or um, find a way to, you know... He stays in one end, she stays in the other, and they share the kitchen. I mean, I, I've heard of that too, but yeah. to find a way to deal with that reality. And those realities, you know, this is just my opinion, Alan. Uh, I don't think we I don't think we quite appreciate the hurt and the stress that those realities are gonna bring. Sure. You know. Uh, a, a pastor who loves a congregation, and the and the pastor wants to disaffiliate, or the church wants to disaffiliate. Well, there's going to be a parting there, mm-hmm. and that's going to cause hurt. Um, you know, there's going to be folks in churches who, if the if a church says we want to stay UM, United Methodist, there's going to be folks in that church that aren't going to want to do that. And vice versa, church wants to disaffiliate. There's people going to say, "No, I want to stay UM." Well, you know, going back to what I said earlier, they were baptizing, you know, here, mm-hmm. grew up here, got married here, raised their family here, and then eventually, you know, they want to be have their funeral here. Well, they're they're put in that place of, if you want to be here, we're going to be. X or we're going to be United Methodist. And if that's not the way you feel, if that's not how you feel, the discernment you have, you're faced with a very difficult and tough decision. And and I, I think those are the realities of this this whole thing we're engaged in. I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's why God speaks so much about unity, mm. maintaining, mm. preserving, working for the unity that we have as Christians. Uh, the spirit gives us unity we are united it's a gift of the spirit we're we're the we're the issue the human factor is the problem and i've i've been 
uh, in mostly independent churches through my life, but I have seen churches split and 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 uh, or, or splinter maybe uh, a, a better term for some. You know, you'll have gr- certain groups splinter off from the main group in the church or whatever, and uh, it's it's always ugly. It's always hurtful. It's always painful. And it's becomes so easy when you're in the heat of those issues, whatever the issue might be, to to be very enthusiastic and eager and, and, and zealous for the issue that whatever that, that is the thing you think is worth splitting for, whatever that is. Yeah. And it's it's I've never seen it be like, you know, the Trinity or the divinity of Jesus or one of those actually important issues. It's always something secondary at least. And 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 you get caught up in it. And, and you become, oh, you have, there's a purpose and there's a, there's a place for me. And I feel like I'm in a, in a inclusive or exclusive group, you know, and, um, and you don't really consider the fallout. Uh, and, and I know how easy that is. And, uh, um, so I, I do hope and pray for everybody that's dealing with this, that they will take it as seriously as it is and and really thoughtfully prayerfully discern what would be god's will you know the 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 church i mean the, the basis for who we are how we are how we understand ourselves comes from comes from scripture from god's word and in scripture is the principle of unity unity reflects God's character. I mean, he's shown it time and time again. Um, you know, where does this unity start? Genesis 1-1. Mm-hmm. It, it's in creation. The, you know, creation is unified. It's, 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 it's put in this, it's put in order. Mm-hmm. God brought order out of the chaos. And so then, then when God creates everything and then Things are named. Things have their life and their process, and uh, they go forward. And um, the unity continues on in in the nation of Israel, being a people that are focused on God. And um, the unity continues on when when the church emerges in the the New Testament era. That this is a group of people that are brought together for the purpose of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. And so the unity that we so want and would like to see really is already there. Mm-hmm. Getting, all, getting all kind of theological here. It's already there in what God has done in Jesus mm-hmm. and what God continues to do in Jesus. And so... We, we have that, and we can we choose to live into that. Eh, you know, I, I'm the first to say, you know, that that's not as neat and wrapped up with a bow as it, as it might sound at this first hearing. But, but, but this unity that we want is there. God's already done it, and it's a matter of dealing with the challenges and the issues and dealing with them in a Christ-like way. You know, and the reality you know Jesus when he showed up he knocked down barriers uh with with just everything 
he, he overcame ethnicity, race, gender discrimination. He overcame so much to say, you know, all can come to God and if they follow me. Mm-hmm. And so those are the words of Jesus. We reflect that. Mm-hmm. It's not our job. It's not our issue to figure out, well, is, is that how we want to be? Well, no, no. It's not, that's not the issue. That's how we're supposed to be. The question is, do we conform to that charge? Do we conform to that reality? God has said, here's how it is. Jesus in his life and, and, and ministry was all about saying, you don't, you don't hold this against somebody. You don't exclude somebody. You don't, um, you, you don't put somebody out because... It's, it's about breaking down barriers and letting that life that Jesus lived come into the lives of people who are, you know, on the, on the outside that, that are, need to be on the inside. The folks that have been, you know, excluded to be included. The folks that are uh, marginalized to be brought in the fold. Um, and so if if we're if we're going to be serious about what Jesus said then we have to live it and so we embody that sense of not allowing anything to come between us and another that would become a, a stumbling block a, a barrier to having a relationship with God I think that there's a misunderstanding in what unity is. I think sometimes we think of unity as uniformity uh. Uh, instead of unity. And and as you were going through kind of history, um, how everything is unified and working together, God himself, a triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, within that, you know, just look at creation, uh, God loves diversity and and having a unity in that diversity it's it's we we all kind of everybody does it I guess to a point within our own cultural context or whatever it is and we just kind of think well everybody's just like me Uh, I I remember one of the first times I've really kind of really kind of hit me even though you know you read about different countries and the church in other areas and things it really hit me it was it was in the near the beginning of um, the the war on terror uh, in Afghanistan, Iraq, and those places. And at the time, there were some of the uh, the uh, Egyptian. It was the Egyptian Church, which the name of that church has left me. I was going to say Eastern Orthodox, but I think it's something different. Coptic. 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 Yeah, the Coptic Church um, is the church. Yes. Egypt. And and uh, the 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 Taliban uh, was was putting them to death in manner that they they do that uh, just because they were Christians, you know. And I and I was I mean I was hot. I was like, this is this is right up there with with the Holocaust. If I could be so bold, I mean, it, Christians being persecuted just because they're Christians, being killed just because they're Christians, and not for the first time, not, not, not at all, did it enter into my mind the differences and disagreements I would have with the Coptic Christians, with the Coptic Church. And, and there are many. 
it didn't matter. Those are my brothers. Mm. Those are my sisters in Christ uh, being persecuted and killed for their faith. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's not uniformity. We're not all the same, but we're not supposed to be. God loves diversity. And uh, you know, I, I, that was maybe the first, first step down on my kind of path of figuring out, hey, there's a, the church is a lot bigger than I thought it was, you know. <laughs> You know, uh, um, the church, I think, rightly understood, and and I apologize if this sounds like a canned kind of response, but the the church is to be countercultural. Culture says this is okay, or this is fine, or let's do this, or let's go with this. The church may, because of its convictions and its core values, may say, well, that that's not us. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Um, the, the The church is to be that place where people find no other place have placed land. Um, Jesus constantly, constantly, you know, uh, Matthew was a, a, a tax collector. Mm-hmm. He said, "Yeah, be be one be 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 one of my followers." He he reached out to um, Paul, who persecuted Christians, uh, was involved in having them arrested. Jesus showed up and said, "Hey, Paul, I want you on the Damascus Road. I want you mm-hmm. to to be one of my one of my spokespersons." The woman at the well. Um, lots of lots of layers in that particular uh, passage, that particular account. But Jesus didn't exclude her because of her her marital status or her actions or her uh, ethnicity. Um, he took on the religious elite and and really challenged folks about authentic faith um, and all these things are, are great and wonderful and you know the reality though is if we say well we, we want to be like Jesus in that we do need to remember that those are the very things that got Jesus killed I mean to say, and to say this to think that when we engage in that kind of I want to be authentic as Jesus is authentic you know, dealing with barriers and trying to tear them down and include more. We're not going to go through it without some bumps and bruises. It's to be expected. And knowing ahead of time that the bumps and bruises will be there, you know, it's like, well, okay, I, I can expect some bumps and bruises um, at a minimum. Mm-hmm. Um but if we if we say we follow Jesus and that that's who we we seek and we want to be like and speak like and think like and act like then we we have to take crazy serious what Jesus said do and put that in the context of our now. 
And I think that will, at the barest of all minimums, step on everybody's toes. Yeah. And in, in, in a more... In a more dramatic way, it will force people to maybe change what they're doing and live an entirely different life. Um, if we really take seriously, I, w- I want us to be like Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. I want our church to reflect Jesus. Then the challenge is going to be in light of this issue over some division and separation that's coming. How are we going to do just that? And I think, I think that's what we're going to, you know, we're, we're responding to these questions, but that's what we're going to spend the next part of this series looking at as the things that unite us and some of the, the real practical, tangible ways that we stay connected to one another. Yeah. I think it's so important. Uh, you know, it, it, this is this is not new for the church uh, in history. It's, it's split time and time and time again, and uh, it's it's uh, like I said, never pretty. Um, there's more that unites us than divides us, uh, and uh, so I'm looking forward to getting to those things. Uh, those are the things. F- which we're going to lean on and rest in and uh, use to bolster us and support us as we go forward from here. Um, the unity that God gives is a is a gift. It's a blessing. Um, and unity doesn't mean I agree with you. Unity doesn't mean that we, you know, we're everybody's in arm in arm swinging back and forth, singing Kumbaya. Mm. That's not what that means. It means that together we are centered around the purpose of the mission that Jesus gave everyone, make disciples. Make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And that what we do is a witness to that reality. Amen. So join us next time. Uh, We'll be back probably in a couple of weeks for episode five. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, You can please subscribe, like, share, all those things. Uh, You can find uh, more of this podcast on MarianFUMC.org as well as all the other places that you would find podcasts and listen to those uh, wherever you are. And and I'd say, you know, Alan, if if somebody has a, a, you know, comment, wants to, Hey, you know, I, I I think that's the best thing I've ever heard, you know, or 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 says, you know, hey, uh, in love, I, I'm not sure that I I, I agree. I, uh, you know, uh, e- email, give a call, yes, uh, please. You know, that's part of living into our unity. Sure. Yeah, you know, this this way it's supposed to be. If if we were just kind of all agreed with each other which I've been in a place like that and you, and, and you just everybody sounds the same says the same thing and you can amen each other because everybody's saying and doing the same thing and you don't ever disagree 
Um, if you do disagree, you wouldn't dare talk about those things then. You know, yeah. uh, that, that's not helpful, productive. Uh, disagreement, as unpleasant as it is, is necessary because it forces us to have these kinds of conversations. And, and we should learn to do it in love, uh, with grace and humility, and, uh, and come away from it disagreeing, but being brothers and sisters in Christ. Indeed. Indeed. Amen. So, well, thank you all for listening once again, uh, and we will uh, we'll see you next time. Take care.